Welcome to the Strategic Planning Podcast with financial coach Mike Flanders. With more than 40 years of experience in the financial services industry, Mike knows the X's and O's that'll help you achieve your financial goals. It's time for the Strategic Planning Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome into another edition of Strategic Planning with Mike Flanders. Thanks for tuning into the podcast as we're getting this thing up and rolling. We appreciate those folks that are checking us out, and we're going to continue to grow this and develop more content for you and get this out to you. We talk about investing, finance, and retirement with Mike. He's a financial coach at Strategic Planning Corporation, serving the Carolinas here from his office in Colfax. And uh, you can find him online at spcinvesting.com. That's spcinvesting.com. He's got more than 42 years experience in the financial services industry. So a great resource for you to tap into while you're at that website. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Check us out. Listen to past and future episodes. Get notifications, things of that nature, whether it's iTunes or Google Play or iHeart or Stitcher or whatever platform you choose. And more and more people are using podcasts when you're listening to them. When you're, you can Bluetooth your phone to your car now. And instead of traditional radio, you can listen to various podcasts or maybe while you're gardening or riding the mower or whatever. So lots of ways you can do that and get some information about strategic planning, which is the name of our show. And Mike, welcome in, buddy. How are you? Hey, Mark. Hey, I'm doing great. And uh, I was just listening to your uh, introduction there, and I was thinking about how I like to ride down the road and listen to podcasts Mm -hmm. and books on on tape and all that kind of stuff. And I can't think of anything that would be more fun than listening to me while you're riding down the highway. (laughs) Listening to you, talking about (laughs) you, listening to you. (laughs) Listening, yeah, <laughs> we could get into a whole paradox if we're not careful, but uh, we could, yeah. yeah. So listen, so we're, anyway, that's my little salvo to kind of kick things off. We try to build up our following, our following, and our, our listenership as we're growing this thing. But let's jump into yeah. a, a short little podcast this week. I got a news topic and a couple of email questions I want to hit you with. So let's oh, get, good. yeah, let's get to rolling, Mike, and see what we got going on. I wanted to ask you your opinion on this news headline I saw. It's maybe a couple of weeks old now, but Coles was talking about Coles, the department store was talking about making changes to their model. I don't know if you guys have seen this and listening or Mike, have you seen this, but looking at shrinking the store space, which obviously a lot of brick and mortar has been going through troubles for the past number of years. But in this, they were thinking about sharing their space with planet fitness, which is a workout Hmm. place. Do you think it's still wise for people that are investing still in things of that nature to look at brick and mortar companies at this point, or maybe REITs and things of that nature is where it entails brick and mortar. Well, that's great, Mark. Um, When I think about this, I just think, wow, Coles has come up with a great idea to sell some more Lululemon stuff and uh, all that kind of paraphernalia. But anyway, yeah, I think the answer to the question is whether it's a good idea to invest in brick and mortar is yes and no. Obviously, there's a lot of competition from the big gorilla in the room, Amazon and all that from online ordering. Walmart's still trying to do the online thing, too. Yep. Yep. And I use them both and it's a great resource, but I think people do like to touch, feel, see for themselves what they want to buy before they actually do it. We were just making a purchase on a mattress. I don't think I'd ever order a mattress online. That's become popular though, right? It has. Casper and purple and so on and so forth. I guess when you get older and everything, you want to make sure it feels good on your back. I would agree. I would agree. (laughs) But no, the answer really is yes and no. I think that as an individual company, Kohl's or Planet Fitness or whoever you're looking at investing in, I guess this is Kohl's really, I would not invest in an individual company, whether it's brick and mortar or whether it's online or however they operate as a part of a diversified basket of stocks. 
Yes, I would do that, but I wouldn't be making the decision based on the fundamentals. I would be making it based on owning asset classes, diversifying those and leaning into or tilting toward the asset classes where you find premiums or additional returns. And, you know, the reason I, I would do that is I think when you're trying to decide on an individual company like a Coles in this particular example, you're looking at that and you're saying, wow, that's a great idea, great use of things. Or on the other side of the coin, you might be saying, boy, they're past their prime. They're, they're looking their for a gone. way to, right, to keep yeah, themselves to alive. To salvage yeah. something or yeah. stay alive or whatever. Your opinion is one side of that coin of when you're going to place a trade. Yeah. If you're buying, there's someone on the other side of that transaction that's having to sell that same stock to you at the price you're willing to pay for it. And their opinion is, I don't want to own it anymore. If you're trying to sell something and somebody is willing to buy it, their opinion is, I think this is a great buy when you're saying, I think it's time to be out of it. So there's always going to be someone has a different opinion on the other side of the trade. And quite frankly, often it is a professional who spends a lot more resource and time studying this stuff than you and I tend to do. So it's a fraught with to make a decision about something like this on an individual basis as part of a basket if it fits the metric that you're trying to have in your portfolio large u.s small u.s international whatever it is great but don't go out and buy something like that just because they got a great idea to utilize their stores a little more efficiently I just wouldn't do it. Yeah. All right. Well, good, interesting thought here. I thought that'd be a kind of interesting way to kick things off. There is always so much changing in the physical space right now with companies and stuff. So it's always curious to kind of keep our finger on that pulse. But good information there. As always, never you know take any action without always checking with your own qualified professional as it pertains to your plan, because it may be something that you're not set up for, or maybe something that you want to talk about beforehand. And of course, if you don't have a professional to work with or someone to talk to, give Mike a call if you'd like before you take the action. Three three. 636-668-4338-336-668-4338. All right, so let's go ahead and hit our two email questions this week. I wanted to toss that at you. We got one from Robert in Greensboro, and uh, he says, Mike, what's your opinion on foreign currencies investing in them? Great way to lose money. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I hate to be such a downer this That's week. your show. Go for it. Yeah. Yeah. Again, there are so many factors influencing the movement of currencies. And to be on top of that, number one, I don't want to spend my life like that, having to watch that kind of information and be ready to move at a moment's notice. If you're going to do it with someone that's managing it, I still think you're just trying to make an investment based on a prediction about the future. And there isn't anybody that knows what the future is going to be for these things. Right now, we're looking at some crazy things with currencies, with markets, with all kinds of things because of a simple disagreement about how to go at trading with China. Right. And everybody's in a fix over that and you know screaming about the market going down. Well, just give it a few days. It will go back up. In fact, I think on the day we were recording this, it was up after having been down Did the day before it, so yeah. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. And all that's happening is the traders are making money on commissions by selling you when it's down and buying you back in when it's up. It's just a fool's errand to try and predict the future. And currencies are particularly volatile and subject to whims that are almost impossible to anticipate. So there you go. What do I think about it? 
Don't do it. There you go, Robert. All right. Well, thank you for submitting that question in. And as Mike said, not to be a downer, but definitely interesting information there. There is a lot going on, obviously, with the trade comments. And as of today, when we're taping this podcast, it was down yesterday and then right back up today, just based on you know tweets and conversations and whatnot that's going on exactly. around the trade thing. So uh, great question. Again, uh, Robert, if you got some questions, reach out to Mike one-on-one and have a, a more detailed chat. All right. So Barbara's in Charlotte and speaking of of the market, you know, potentially being down. So we got this email in yesterday and she felt like the market's heading, going to head it down because of some of the conversations we just had. So she says, Mike, what strategies do you think are best for handling a potential down market for someone in their fifties or sixties like myself versus maybe someone in their thirties? I'm asking because my son is younger than me and I'm curious as to the difference between the two of us. Oh, great question. And I guess we are on a downer kind of a discussion day. A little bit, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, you know, it's it's important to consider what you would do in the event of a down market, just as well as what you would do in the event of an up market, because you're going to face both at various points in time to your investing life. And the long term for us is until you can't fog a mirror anymore. So <laughs> that could be for you. It could be uh, a week. It could be 20 years. It could be 50 years who knows but the thing you first want to examine when you're trying to decide how you will handle down markets is what's your comfort with volatility first of all i want to preface that with everybody loves volatility they love the upside volatility it's the downside volatility that makes people a little nervous right but if you don't have volatility you don't have any returns on your money so, you know, if you are fearful of having major declines in the market, like a 20% drop, which is considered to be not a correction, but now we're in a bear market, might even be considered a crash to some people, then you don't want to take a full market risk. You want to cut back on the amount of money you have invested in equities or stocks. And on the other side of that, then you want to have some high quality short term fixed income to help balance that. And what that in essence does is it mashes down the volatility to use a good Southern term mash. So you've determined what level of variance above or below the average expected rate of return am I comfortable getting when I'm not going to panic if it's going down and I'm not going to get greedy when it's going up and want to make a change in my portfolio trying to chase returns or get away from losses. That's when you lose money in doing that kind of thing. So you definitely want to have that discussion with your advisor and make sure that you understand what's the worst case scenario and what's the typical scenarios that you're going to see in variance of returns. Well, if you're taking income, like she mentioned, in your 50s and 60s, you're getting closer to that point where you might be retiring or cutting back and start using some of your money to supplement or to provide income during your retirement years. You want to think about maybe having an emergency fund, maybe a year's worth of, of expenses, so that if you do get into a down market, which was her major concern here, that you don't necessarily have to tap your investment funds. You could use the emergency funds to provide the income you need during that down market time. And the average market rebounds in 111 days. That's oh, the average from a, interesting. a down. Yeah. So it doesn't take that long. That's less than a half of a year. And in fact, if you just look at the decline from October 3rd last year to the end of the year, 
we've already recovered that until the last couple of days with all the tariff scares. But that kind of rebound happens very quickly often. And so you can just use those emergency funds if you have them saved up to get you through that downtime and not have to be liquidating more of your account at a lower price when it is in a downturn. One more thing just for Barbara there, as far as you know, she's in her 50s and 60s, when she knows she's maybe five years out from the time where she might start utilizing some of her funds to produce income. Start reducing the volatility in the portfolio. Start decreasing the amount you have in the equities and increase the amount you have in the fixed income or the bond portion of your portfolio to start reducing the amount that you vary in terms of returns from year to year. And that will help you to be able to manage through that sort of thing. For her son, 30s, is that what he said? Uh, yeah, I think yeah. he's in his 30s. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I mean, goodness gracious, he's got some time to go through some <laughs> exactly. volatility and it not really matter. And if you look at the market returns, even through perilous times like the Great Depression, World War II, assassinations, atomic bombs being dropped, Going off the gold standard, who knows? I mean, the market's trend is on the upside. And so, yeah, you're going to have periods when it does decrease. But over the long haul, you're going to see the market increase. If you're younger like that, you want to take advantage of that to let it work for you against the ravages of inflation that would hurt you if you were just too conservative with your money over yeah, a long period yeah. of time. Well, you know, Mike, when you put it that way, a few tweets don't sound so bad, does it? <laughs> when you put it against the gold don't. standard and atomic bombs and so on and so forth. Yeah, <laughs> pretty interesting way of looking yep. at it. Well, Barbara, great question. Hopefully that helps you out a little bit with some things to think about. And yeah, time horizon plays a huge factor into how you want to have your risk set up when it comes to the market. So something, you know, how you feel about it at 60 is certainly not the way you're probably going to feel about it at 30. And so just make sure that you have a conversation with someone. If you're thinking about making any changes to Mike's point, sometimes when this thing's moving around like it is, just, you know, the the people that are kind of getting you selling and getting you buying back in, it's just kind of really a commission swap. So have a conversation Mm -hmm. with your financial advisor. Talk with somebody. If you need a second opinion or need some help, Mike is here to help you. If you're in the Carolinas and you're checking out our podcast, give him a jingle at 336-668-4338. That's 336-668-4338. 4338 and as always subscribe to us on uh, the podcast at iTunes or Google Play or whatever and you can find us at spcinvesting.com that's spcinvesting.com or you can just type in the word strategic planning when you're searching it out on like iTunes podcast so this is the strategic planning podcast with Mike Flanders and Mike buddy thanks for your time hey it's been great Mark you guys have a great week absolutely and don't (laughs) forget to check us out next time as we're going to talk a a little famous last words on our future podcast so we'll see you then bye-bye Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.